Welcome to Grow and Learn, everyone. This is your host, Dorina. Today, I'm going to be speaking with somebody who managed to run a 200-mile endurance marathon in 76.5 hours, as much as I remember, with 90 minutes of sleep. Today, I'm welcoming executive coach Brian Gillette, and he's going to tell us all about his um, motivation, about his endurance methodologies that he now applies uh, for executives. So I'm welcoming Brian all the way from San Francisco Bay Area. Yeah, Zarina, it's nice to be on your show. It's uh, it's it's pleasure. It's a pleasure to be talking to you from San Francisco Bay Area. <laughs> Likewise, Brian. How is it there? How is everything in San Francisco? <laughs> it, it, it's it, it's quite nice. As as we were talking beforehand, I was telling you it's short pants weather. So you know, this, the, I get up in the morning and I can go sit outside and just enjoy, uh, you know, something warm to drink and just uh, relax and enjoy the garden so it's uh it's quite nice this time of year how does your life look like right now you're a lifelong endurance athlete do you still do marathons do you still run what what does your life look like what does your daily schedule look like yeah so i still i still exercise at least six days a week so most days i get up and i do something um whether it's biking or running often i'm doing one of those um i set a goal this year to do um, to do the number of sit-ups as my age per day. So I'm 55. So I do at least 55 sit-ups a day. I'm actually now do 90. Cause it's like, okay, I could do 55. So I'm do now doing every morning I get up and I do 90 and I'm doing that for the year. And so I'll end up doing 30, probably about 30,000 sit-ups for the year. Wow. Um, so I always like to have some goal, um, you know, in terms of uh, running, I am, kind of training with my younger son to run a marathon. Um, we're looking to, we're going to be down in Antarctica in the end of the year. And so we're going to do it around the ship. That's that's the plan as of right now, assuming the weather is, uh, is compatible with uh, being able to do that. So I still like to have those kind of endurance goals and those things that stretch me and my sons are getting involved as well. Very cool. But what exactly are you going to do around the ship? Sit-ups or what? No, I'm going to do, uh, I'm going to run a marathon. Ah, so oh, okay. they, they have, they have a, it's a 170 person ship. They mm -hmm. have um, a one twelfth of a mile um, uh, running track on top. Wow. It's, so I think it's somewhere around like 340 laps. I, I forget exactly what it was, but it was somewhere around 340 laps that we'd have to do. So mm -hmm. I I just have to get to train up to uh, get back into marathon shape, and I'm working with my younger son, so we we'll both we both plan to do that. Very cool. So before you tell us about your um, epic um, endurance program that you train executives for to achieve tremendous results, I I'm just curious when you mentioned Antarctica, are you? actually allowed to go there I, I thought that ships were not allowed there was like an international convention that would stop ships from going to antarctica no they're they're still going um they're trying to to better manage how how it's done you know the galapagos has has done a really good job in managing the number of ships that can do it and how many ships can go go down how many ships can be uh how many people can go ashore so antarctica is doing something similar um, they have limits. So if you're on a 500 person or bigger ship, you don't get off the ship at all. So you go down there, but you do not do any land excursion. Mm -hmm. So if it's under that, so we're on a 170 person ship 
and we will do land excursions. So, you know, once or twice a day, we'll be able to get into uh, the Zodiacs and go aboard, go onto land. Um, we'll do kayaking while we're down there. So, yeah, you can you can still go down there. Oh, very cool. Okay. You're limited in terms of when. I mean, we go down there in, I'm in the Northern Hemisphere. We go down there um, in, in our winter. So it's their summer. So the season is really November through March that we can uh we can go down there so we'll be down there in december mm -hmm. so what does it take to to run marathons and to you know challenge yourself so much what does it take from a person to do that what kind of are you born this way do you train yourself this way is it a mindset adjustment or uh, I, I think there's a lot of what you had just said zarina um there is it's like i have been I've had an interest in endurance events kind of most of my life. Most of it's been around cycling. I'm a longtime cyclist and have done, I've, I've cycled across the United States. I have, um, you know, I did a 300 mile one day. So that's, it was 25 hour ride. And so I've always been into cycling. And then, you know, a number of years ago, I got interested in running just because I needed something else to challenge me. And, and so, you know, it, are you born with it? Not necessarily. I know some people may, maybe they are, but, um, I look at my youngest son and he, I don't think he was born, but he, born that way, but he enjoy, he's starting to enjoy some of that stuff. Um, but it's something that's always been part of my life. I, I enjoy it because it's, it pushes me and it gets me out to make sure that I'm continually exercising, but there is a big mental component. You have to, you have to want to do some of this. And, and it's the mental component that gets you to the finish line, really. Mm. Is this what your book is about? What is yeah, it so, called? So the book, it's titled Epic Performance. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's Epic Performance, Lessons from 100 Executives and Endurance Athletes on Reaching Your Peak. And how that came to be is, you know, I've done a number of, of ultra distance events and, and as I was doing the Tahoe, Tahoe 200 was a 200 mile run around Lake Tahoe, 76 and a half hours. And a lot of people said, oh, I could never do something like that. And, and I've heard that many times. I could never do that. Mm -hmm. And and I understand what I've done to kind of grow, to learn, you know, kind of tying into what you talk about and how I could do it. But I wanted to learn from a hundred other executives and ultra distance athletes to how do they think really big? And then go out and accomplish those things. What are some of the characteristics that they have? What are some of the, the similarities? And, and I there's a lot of similarities between what somebody does in maybe the boardroom versus what they do on a, you know, for an ultra distance events, whether it's an Ironman or a run or a bike uh, event. So the basic of the book, Epic Performance, which what Epic stands for, the E in Epic, it's how do you envision the big things in life? What are the things you want to accomplish in your life? The P is how do you put a plan in place in order to reach those epic ideas? The I is how do you iterate to, to your next step? So most people don't start off running a marathon. They start off maybe running a 5K mm -hmm. and then they iterate up to a 10K and then maybe a half marathon and then into a marathon. So how do you start small and build up? And then the C is how do you collaborate with others? Somebody has done this before. 
You know, my guess is when you started your podcast, you went and you talked to a bunch of other people that had done a podcast to learn how do you do it? And so uh -huh. <laughs> maybe you didn't. I or didn't really. I, I started listening to people and talking to people afterwards because they came on my show and they told me how it's actually done. But yeah. <laughs> yes. Which that's that you learned from those people. Yeah. Um, or you'd done some research. So it's how do we learn from 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 people? So that's the epic. And then the last. So it's epic performance. How do you go out and you perform? At some point, you got to go out and you got to start the podcast. You got to start your company. You got to run the marathon. And and so hopefully you've uh, envisioned, planned, iterated, and collaborated, and that'll uh, get you to the success, a successful finish line. Uh, this sounds to me like the updated version of Napoleon Hill's Think and Grow Rich, because he had also interviewed 500 people and you had now interviewed 100 yeah. successful athletes. Um, is this the structured compiled um, answers that you got from them or what is the content of the book? It's how so, so yeah, the book is, is, you know, for under Epic, you know, there's certain things that how, how do you think bigger? Um, and I use examples from the people that I talk to. So I bring in stories from people that I talk to and I talk about, you know, your ways to get kind of that list of things you want to accomplish in life. Um, and so a lot of it is the stories from the people I talk to, what they have done to be successful, and then some practical examples of how you can do it in your life. Not everybody wants to run a marathon. Yeah. And, and so you have to figure out what's important for you. What are those things that excite you that you want to do? And then how do you kind of get rid of some of that fear in order to uh, accomplish it? And, and there's a lot of things fear holds us back. And so how do you best handle that in order to accomplish what you want to get, get accomplished? And I mean, you think back, I think there, I'm sure we all have something that it's like, oh man, I, I, I want I really want to try that, but what's holding you back. And so part of what I talk about is, okay, how do you just, how do you start moving forward? You know, what's, what's one thing you can do in the next 72 hours to, to kind of figure out what that long-term goal is and then move forward and then do something else and move forward. You were a vice president of HR in a large corporation. Tell me, how did you apply these um, teachings or your observations from life experience to your work? And how did that help you? Yeah, I mean, I, I, created, I, I created the book after I was the VP of HR. So the book came, came afterwards, but a lot of the stuff that you know, I used in the corporate world is incorporated into the book. You know, it's, and I'll, I'll give you one example. Um, early on in my career, you know, I was, I was managing a fairly large group. I was managing a couple hundred people. And the company I was working with didn't spend a lot of time thinking about budgets. And I mean, we were making, we were making plenty of money and, and, you know, people at, you know, at my level, we weren't, we weren't held accountable for a budget. Mm -hmm. And I knew at some point the economy was going to turn and we were going to have to be held accountable for the budget. So I thought I am going to, I'm going to start learning this stuff. And I, you know, it's how do you learn stuff when, and, and try things when, if you fail, it's not that big of a deal, but I knew at some point. So it, so it was kind of that iterating approach at some point I was going to be held accountable to a budget. So 
I set up the budget within my own group. I worked with finance and, and I kind of held myself accountable. So a couple of years later, when, when the company did take a, a downturn and everybody was held, held accountable for a budget, I knew what to do. And a number of my peers were kind of lost because it was something they hadn't thought about. So how are you about kind of thinking about what you need for the future and then preparing for that? And that's that iterate process. Mm -hmm. um, as well. And then, and the other thing, you know, in terms of kind of getting to the VP level, it's, I had a vision of what that was going to be. I knew that I wanted to run an entire HR function. And so the years leading up to that, I knew there were certain things I had to do. I had to get experience with compensation. I had to get experience with kind of employee relations, you know, I had to get experience working with a number of outside vendors. And so I got that. So when the position opened up, I had had a lot of those skills already and so could easily transition into it. Mm -hmm. Would you say that this was um, merely a logical process, steps that you followed, or was there a component of, um, what should I call that, um, like future insights, intuition, something that was beyond uh, logics, well, what would you assign this to, this success? The iteration, it, what's in the iteration part? Is it just planning? <laughs> uh, well, you got the planning part. The iteration is, you know, if you're planning to be a vice president, you don't start off to be a vice president. You know that, all right, eventually I have to start managing people and then I'm a manager and then I'm going to move to a director level and then I'm going to move up to maybe a vice president level. And so there are different skills needed at each one at each level. Um, and you know, when you are a manager, you don't need to know all different aspects of human resources. When you're a director, you should know a little bit about them. And when you're a vice president, you need to have a much better grasp of all them. You don't have to be an expert in one, but you should understand how, how they all work and be able to hire people that are the experts in them. And so the iterate is being able to see, or the iterate is being able to kind of take those steps to get to where your, your vision is. Um, so... Uh, you know, when I when I got to the vice president, I had I knew what was needed. I knew the skills that were needed. I knew the capabilities that were needed. And so I then had to figure out the years before, how do I get those? How do I move from one job to another and do something a little bit different, even though I don't know it, but I can learn it um, and then learn it. And then I need to go learn something else. So I was just broadening, broadening my capabilities. And I think that's a big thing whenever somebody's thinking about what their next career move is, or kind of thinking where they want to go over the next couple of years, think about, okay, what do you need in order to get there? And how are you doing? How are you doing that now? You know, I, I I've always been a, a proponent of, you should start thinking about your next job as soon as you get that promotion. Mm -hmm. Because what do you need to do in order to move to the next level? And so always be thinking, thinking that way. Yeah. This reminds me also of, of an interview that I had actually quite a few interviews with um, somebody who used to also be an executive. And he's like, you're always um, running for a promotion every single day, every single day when you're showing up. It's not like now, you know, there's this opportunity. So now you have to show up. No, every day you're showing up for a promotion. Yeah, every day because because when that job becomes available, you want them to th you know whoever that hiring manager is, you want him or her to think about you first. It's like, yo, guy, you know, I've worked with Zarina in the past, 
and she's really good. I want to interview her mm-hmm. and maybe she's the right person for the job. So you, you, you don't, if you're going into that job, you should have a lot of the skills. You don't have to have all of them, but you should have, you should have a lot of them and then think about, okay, now what's next. Okay. And so the system that you developed is also a part of the book or you developed it alongside with the, with the book and, and how do you help people with the Epic program? Yeah. So I have an assessment that, you know, when you get the book, you can get an assessment and it'll assess where you are on the five, five behaviors. So envision, plan, iterate, collaborate, and perform. It assesses where you're really strong and where you may have opportunities or you may not as strong. And you may have to bring somebody in or to to help you out. So the book then, you can take the assessment. You then learn, okay, what are the area of the five areas? You know, where do I want to focus? And and you don't have to be great in all five areas. You know, envision, plan, iterate, collaborate, perform. Most of the people I interviewed, I asked them, where, where, are, you, where, are, you, where are your strengths? And they would give me two, sometimes three of their strengths, but other areas, maybe they weren't, it wasn't a strength. So for example, I met with one guy, phenomenal CEO, one of the early guys I interviewed, best CEO I've ever worked for. And he goes, you know, envision is not my strength. I'm really good at planning and and iterating but envisioning isn't my strength. So he doesn't focus on making envision stronger. He focuses on making sure he's he's even better at planning and iterating, but he brings on people. He surrounds himself with people who are really good on the envisioners. These are the people that can see way out into the future. Mm-hmm. Um, so he, and, and I like that strategy. He's taken one of his strengths and building it up as opposed to taking a weakness and focusing only on it. Mm-hmm. So, so throughout the book, you learn about the five different uh, behaviors, and you learn some practical techniques on how to get better at each of the each of the five elements. But you also coach people using this system. I I do I do coach people. I work. Um, I do a lot around you know, two two main areas where I do most of my business. One is around leadership development, individual one-on-one coaching. You know, somebody's trying to uh, kind of go to that next level and I'll work with them. Um, the other one is I'll work with teams. So an executive pulls his or her team together and they want to figure out where do we go to the next level? And a lot of what I'm trying to do is push them to think a little bit bigger, mm-hmm. push them outside their comfort zone. Um, because when you move outside your comfort zone, that's when you really start to learn. And that's when you start to see where where your limits may or not be. Um, you know, I was working with one organization a few years ago and we were putting together their three-year um, strategy plan. We had a, whole, a bunch of ideas up on the flip chart and I looked at them and I, I looked at the, the list. I said, Does, you know, do you guys think you can accomplish this? And they all said, oh yeah, we, we can accomplish it. And I said, you know, does this make you nervous? Kind of what's on this flip chart? And they said, no, not really. I said, I think you need to go bigger because with those big goals, they should make you nervous and they should not be something like, oh yeah, we can co- accomplish that. No problem. It should be a stretch. 
with the with the current developments uh, in um, in the economy or at least what's expected what is your current observation on how people treat your services are they still are they still asking for your services actively like oh we need you to help us prevent what's coming or keep us afloat what is going on yeah so generally i'm not keeping people afloat generally mm -hmm. i'm um where i'm focusing on is they they have a moderate level of success and so they're trying to kind of pull everybody together to get aligned around some common strategies. Um, you know, it, it's uh, this economy we've been talking for the last year to two years about, yeah, you know, the, you know we're going to go into a recession. We're yeah. not going to go into a recession. So I, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm not a financial expert. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, to answer your question, I, I have not seen a slowdown in business. In fact, mm -hmm. I've seen okay. an increase in business mm -hmm. for me and for some of the colleagues that I work with. Oh, very well. Um, mm -hmm. You know, my my revenue has uh, more than doubled this year compared to uh, to last year. Mm, congratulations on that. <laughs> Thank you. Very cool. While you were talking previously about um, how people are good at a certain thing and um, surrounding themselves with other people that are good at other components of the Epic uh, system, it got me thinking of... Um, of um, a study that was made in the 70s where 40 groups of 12 CEOs were interviewed. It was a very large study in the US. And it turned out that the, the percentage that had managed to double their revenues in the previous five years, things th that goes a bit into neuroscience, but, it, but it's still relevant. Um, so they think simultaneously with both the right and the left hemispheres of the brain. So they both envision and they plan. So structured and dreamy. Um, and so it turned out that these that were able to combine were the most successful ones to combine both things. Have you had such observations or what is your opinion on the ability to be able to think not simply pragmatically, but also you know, think outside the box, think beyond what is currently visible. Yeah, I mean that that makes sense. Um, I haven't I haven't read that study, um, mm -hmm. so I, I don't know en enough about it. Um, yeah. When I when I look at kind of the five the five behaviors that I focus on: envision, plan, iterate, collaborate, and perform. What I generally found was somebody is good at two or three of them. And so they are able to really be and, and really strong at like two of them. Um, so I have seen a little bit of that. I did not see that they have to be good at all five. Mm -hmm. And so I do a lot around styles and leadership styles. And, you know, when I'm working with folks, I do see that somebody has a predominant style. Um, but the good leaders know how to kind of know when they need to, to flex and move into a different style. So, you know, the same I could argue here, the good leaders know when they need to use their envisioning hat. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and then sometimes they need to use their planning hat. So that's where I see a lot of success. It's those people that know, it's like, now's the time where we got to be doing some strategy planning and thinking out 30 years. They're not putting their oh, you know, we can't do that, that, you know, here's the reasons we can't do that. They're thinking about all the things they can do. Right. And then at some point you need to do some analysis and figure out, okay, what are the ones we're going to keep? 
What are the big priorities we're going to keep? So what I really see is those, so CEOs know when to flex at different times, or they know what they're really, really good at and when to pull other people in to, to kind of augment some of their, uh, their weaknesses. How does uh, in, um, a typical engagement with you look like, let's say for a team, if a team wants to have you on board as, as a consultant, how do they? Yeah, for, for uh, you know, I, I can all tie it into a team as well as to an individual. So when I'm working with a team, generally, they they have gotten the idea that they want to pull everybody together. And they have, you know, the leader has some ideas of what he or she wants to accomplish. And so I will talk to them and help them figure, kind of define what are the goals we want to, we get out when we pull everybody together. You know, is it you want to get everybody aligned around certain objectives? Is it you want to figure out what your three, five, 10 year plans are? Is it you want to figure out, you know, how do you align around the values that your organization has? Or if you don't have values, how do you figure out what those values are? So the big thing is really helping the leader to get focused on what they want to do. And, and, and sometimes that's not as, not always as clear as one would think, you know, you'd think that the leader would know, okay, these are the exact same things I want to do. Um, and they have an idea, but then part of what I have to do is say, okay, at the end of this engagement, you know, what will success look like? That's a question I often always ask. And, and so it, it may be for a couple months, it's like figuring out what that you know, how, what that agenda is going to work with, what some of the consulting or what some of the, maybe the assessments we should do with the team are. And then we pull everybody together for, you know, a day or a couple of days. I'm working with, with one organization that will be pulling everybody together for three days, sometimes in the next month. Um, last week, I just worked with a team for two days. Um, you know, like the week or before that, I was working with another team for two days. So, it does vary. So that's on the team side. On the individual side, generally I'm working with somebody for six months where you know they've they've come to me or their their executive team has come to me and said, We'd like you to coach this individual. Often they are a high performer or a strong performer, but there may be some areas that they need some help in. And so I'll do some assessments early on, whether it's a 360 degree assessment where we interview, you know, their boss, the people that report to them, people that work closely with them to get some feedback. Um, or there's a couple other assessments that I'll use to figure out, okay, where are they strong? Where do they have opportunities? And then over the next six months, we'll work with them to help them identify a development plan and then work towards some, uh, some areas on that development plan. So where can people find the book and take this assessment? Is it only available in the book or elsewhere as well? So they can go to they can go to epicperformances.com and that will lead them to the assessment and they can they can take the assessment when now because they're listening to your podcast if they enter in grow learn as their company ID then I'll know then that will allow them to take it. So Go to epicperformances.com. That's E-P-I-C performances with an S.com. And that will link you to the assessment. Um, and they have to enter in uh, Grow Learn when it asks for the company ID. They can all, and then you can get the book. Um, you can see 
get the book on Amazon. You can order it directly from me, but you know, probably the easiest is just go to uh, Amazon and, and order it there. Mm -hmm. Wonderful. Brian, what is something else that I missed asking you and that is very important, a very important part of your programs or something that you'd like to share? Yeah, no, I appreciate that, Zarina. The, you know, as people are thinking about kind of where, you know, what they want to accomplish in life, um, you know, we often think just a few years out and, and I like to, I like to think, you know, think toward the end of your life. And, and if you're trying to figure out if there's something big you should do or not, should you run that marathon? Should you start your own company? You know, whatever it is, ask yourself when I'm 80, will I regret not making this decision? And if you will regret it, then you ought to seriously move forward with what can you do to, uh, to start that idea? And I, and I will tell you, I've asked myself that a number of times. And one of the, the one time I remember, um, I had just started dating my wife and I was thinking about traveling around the world and I'd thrown the idea. She was interested as well. And it's like, okay, we're going to take seven months off in the middle of a career where everything's going well. We have a very comfortable house. And I said, you know, when I'm 80, will I regret not taking the time off and traveling for seven months around the world? And the answer came very quickly. It's like, okay, I've got to figure out how to do it and do it. So you did it. So I did it. I've done it twice, once with her and then once with her and our two kids. Oh, wonderful. So we took them out of school for a year. Yeah. Wow. That's, that's super cool. Wow. That was a real pleasure, Brian. Very inspiring talk. <laughs> well, it's a pleasure being on your show, Zarina. Um, I'd like to have you back when you, when you return from Antarctica, that would be interesting to share <laughs> what's gone, what's gone on there. <laughs> uh, would love to. Yeah. Sometime, uh, sometime next year, we'll be, we'll be over there. We'll be there over Christmas. Very cool. Thank you so much. So once again, the website is called Epic. What was it called again? Your website? Epic, epicperformances.com. Wonderful. Thank you. It was a pleasure. Thank you, Zarina. Thank you for listening to Grow and Learn. We hope that you found our podcast informative, engaging, and inspiring. Our mission is to help you keep growing and learning, and we hope that our conversations and insights have provided you with practical advice and useful perspectives. If you're looking for personalized support and guidance to help you achieve your personal or professional growth objectives, I offer a range of services to help. As a trusted management partner and mentor, I work with businesses in the process of transformation, looking for new streams of business, as well as M&A. With an extensive professional network of experts and mentors, I can bring on board the right person or team based on the specific needs of the company I'm working with. To learn more about the services I offer and how I can help you achieve your goals, visit my website at growandlearn.org. You can also reach out to me via email or social media. I'd love to hear from you. And if you enjoyed this episode of Grow and Learn, please subscribe to our podcast and leave us a review. Your feedback is important to us and it helps us to continue to create content that is relevant and valuable to our listeners. Thanks again for listening and we look forward to sharing more insights and perspectives with you in the future.